You know that we have great advertisers that support the show and keep it free for you. One of the reasons why advertisers love quality control is that they know that the show has amazing listeners. So right now we have a survey that I'd like you to take to help us learn more about our audience. Just go to podsurvey.com slash quality. The survey will only take you about five minutes. We're gonna ask you some questions about yourself and what you like to buy, and it's totally anonymous. Your answers will help us find advertisers that are well-matched, uh, your interests, and the show. So when you're finished, you can enter a monthly drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Even if you've taken a podcast listener survey before, I'd, I'd like you to ask to take ours and help support the show. Don't forget that you have a chance to win that $100 gift card. Once again, that's podsurvey.com quality. This week on Quality Control, I'm speaking to Justin McElroy about his review of Batman Arkham Knight. I'm Griffin McElroy, and this is Polygon's Quality Control. Griffin, or should I say Batman? <laughs> I'm not Batman, I'm Justin. But I bet you've been so deeply immersed in bat culture. I, I did. I had a, a like a three-day jag where I just got deep, deep into the cape and cowl. Had to get some goo gone to get it off. You went into a dive into a bat hole, or a, a bee hole, if you will. <laughs> no, I won't. You went into a deep bee hole dive. So what, uh, we're talking about Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah, uh, and here's a, here I'll skip to the end of the podcast for you. Ten out of ten, huh? Yeah, ten out of ten, Griffin. That's uh, that's how we're doing it. How do you decide what what gets a ten out of ten with your with your totally arbitrary numerical distinctions? That's actually a good question, Griffin. Um, I see a lot of people who who refer to ten out of ten as a perfect score, and that's actually a like a really misleading way of approaching it. Like for me, obviously. There is no such thing as a perfect game, just like there's no perfect book or movie or TV show. Incorrect, uh, Meet the Deedles. Okay, well, other than Meet the Deedles, there's no perfect anything. Um, I, for me, a 10 out of 10 is I give this my highest recommendation where I think that basically, if you like video games, uh, unless you just absolutely you know, are genetically engineered to despise this kind of game, Basically, everybody should play it. And to, to me, that's a 10 out of 10. I thought it was doing such cool stuff and such interesting stuff and such, like, actually weirdly important stuff for video games that I, I it, it deserved my my highest recommendation from from me. So the, the Arkham series has been going for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins has its supporters, but it definitely seemed like the, the shine was coming off of the, of the Batman Apple. Uh, what what does Arkham Knight fix that Origins uh, maybe dropped the ball on? Well, Origins was created by another studio to fill the gap, basically, between City and Knight. Um, and as such, it, it's a perfectly, I think, serviceable Batman game, other than some of the m- <laughs> the multitude of uh, of of uh, technical issues. Um, uh, and uh, like, I, I don't even think it's that useful comparing it because it wasn't. Batman Arkham Origins wasn't striving in the way that um, that, that Knight and, and and City did. I it, it it was functional and competent and not 
that inspiring. I think what City is doing is it's t- looking critically. Night. You said so, sorry, this Night. It's real really complicated. Yeah. What Night is doing, what Arkham Knight is doing, is it is looking at all the facets of City and figuring out where it can evolve them, uh, where it can move them forward. Um, Arkham Origins uh, had some cool bits, and, and and you know, again, very competent, very serviceable. Uh, entry in in the series, but it, it wasn't moving things forward in the way that that um, Knight does. Um, if I had to point to a single thing, it's that where Knight has evolved this sort of idea is it trusts the player. It gives you the tools to be Batman, to to live out a Batman simulation, if you will, as dumb as that sounds, and uh, you know trusts you to be able to figure it out, and that invests you in both the character and the illusion of being Batman in a way that none of these games have before. Uh, I think one of the things about Batman Arkham Knight that caused a, a, a lot of trepidation for me and I think a lot of other people too, and is maybe the source of this surprise that the game is actually quite terrific, I've actually seen you play uh, a little bit of it, uh, is the Batmobile, the Batmo tank. Uh, can, can you tell me in all earnestness that that idea works? Because it seems so contrary to the the Batman experience that we've come to come to know and, and love from these Arkham games? Um, you could, yeah, for me, it did. I love the way it sounds. It handles really great. Like, I, as somebody who, it's very, it's extremely forgiving. I thought there would be a lot of, like, getting hung up on, on architecture and stuff. And no, the Batmobile just basically plows through almost anything it hits. Unless you're, like, running directly into a skyscraper, you are probably going to destroy what's in front of you. So it's very forgiving in that way, um, I, and, and it makes the, the, the bits where you have to use the Batmobile, like your, your chase minigames, uh, a, a lot of fun. And I actually like the, uh, the, the tank combat. You, you press a button and it becomes a hover tank. Uh, and you use that to fight enemy drones. Um, it does some interesting. Uh, I, I've seen you play a, a few segments where you're just doing some like wave survival type stuff in the tank, and uh, it almost plays like a bullet hell shooter. As weird as that sounds, like you can see the trails, you can see where enemies are aiming, and know that you have to get out of the way before those things hit. And that, I don't know, that seemed like an unexpected genre to pop up in a Batman game. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you have a lot of uh, options for the Batmobile, and a lot of times the scenario. Uh, again, it doesn't hold your hand, but like it, it lends itself to a certain uh, thing. So, the, for instance, there was one sort of um, one of those wave onslaughts of enemy drones, and I was having a ton of trouble with it because I kept using. Uh, you have a special meter that fills up the longer you go without getting attacked while you're killing enemies, and uh, uh, I, I kept using that special meter on my on my missiles to just blow the hell out of all the tanks, which is is fine, but. Uh, it wasn't helping me to control their numbers. So there's another attack you can do uh, that launches a virus into an enemy drone and sort of takes control of them, makes them fight for you. And once I, I, I started using that, I was able to complete it on the first try because that was sort of the tool that fit the job. So in that sense, it actually does sort of hew to the, the Batman formula, which is all about sort of fi- figuring out which of the, 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 the divots in your utility belt you're going to to reach into is just at this point it happens to be in a giant tank car. How is the uh, how is the world of, of Batman Arkham Knight? Because I I, I enjoyed uh, like Batman Arkham City, but I feel like it was maybe it had a little bit too much stuff going on, maybe a little too sprawling for lack of a better word. How do, how does the world of Arkham Knight compare? It is still sprawling. It is in fact five times as sprawling as the world of Arkham City. But the 
the, the big differences are one, the Batmobile is very fast and you can go places very quickly with it. The other is that Batman's uh, ability to grapple and boost and glide has been way, way, way up. He's upgraded. basically Superman at this point. I mean, point. he's basically flying. I mean, you once you get the full boost and, uh, and, and you're gliding along, like you really do uh, have a sense of flight and you can traverse the island very quickly and it felt very cool and and fun and and I was somebody who in city I I didn't love that so much because it took a little bit too long for me to get from A to B and in in Origins I was or sorry in in Night I was actually really excited to uh, when I had a long distance to travel because it it is so much fun Without spoiling the the story of the game, because you pointed out in your review that that is one of the high points among many high points. How 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 does the the narrative of Arkham Knight fare? Is it one thing I worry about with these games is that it just relies too heavily on being like super dense with character cameos, and it's like, hey, you know, in lieu of telling an actual good story, here's Clayface. Yeah. So okay, two two points on that. One, Rocksteady has said that this is their last Batman game, and it really feels like that, which is cool and rare for a video game franchise to feel like it actually has an ending. Like this game culminates in a very logical end that feels like a great stopping point for this franchise. Which is Bat- Batman? You find Batman in a cafe in Paris. No, and sir. He smiles at you. Hello. No, hello, it's me. Uh, no. Uh, you, you you really do feel that way. So the, the story has an arc and it culminates and it feels final in a way that a lot of video game stories don't. So so I think that gives them a lot of leeway to, to take big chances like the uh, killing characters that can stay dead because, hey, it's their last game. So what, what do they care? Um, so that so that's very good. The other thing that they do in terms of those cameos, there are a lot of super villains in the game, a lot that you'd expect and some that I think will surprise some people. But a lot of times, what's cool about it is you don't know which supervillain you're hunting um, until you. <laughs> Griffin is so tired from E3. He is Guys, literally. You have no idea. I'm trying to talk to him about this game, and he's laying his head on the desk. Can you look a little bit more engaged? Thank you. I'm super. I mean, I'm into Batman. I can hear with my I'm ears. At, for even. sure. Uh, but you don't a lot of times know which enemy you're you're hunting. Like you'll. Um, there's one where there's just a string of. Um, uh, Fire stations that have been set ablaze. Penguin. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Clayface. Sure. No, it doesn't matter. But you, the one with the doll, the gangster has a little doll. Man. You don't know which one you're fighting, so you're engaged in this like side mission, and then it sort of gradually reveals itself, which is a much sort of smarter way than just having Killer Croc pop up out of a manhole cover. It's like let's do this. Yeah. Like, uh, so those are those are some of the improvements. Uh, so, so what's next for Batman? Obviously, this is Rocksteady has said this is their last uh, Batman game, and as you've alluded, like the story seems uh, to line up with that. Uh, like, what's next for this franchise? Can anybody make another Batman game after this one has, uh, according to you, sort of perfected the franchise? I think that there are Batman is a flexible enough character. We've seen many different like permutations of Batman in various media, right? Like, even if you're just looking at the movies, the, the Tim Burton series had a logical end, the Christopher Nolan series had a logical end, the the animated series had a logical end. And for I noticed me, you left out the uh, the Batman and Robin. Uh, that's a Tim Burton franchise. I, I would say that's a Tim Burton. But there was nothing logical about that film. Well, yeah, it had a logical end in that it was so bad you couldn't logically make another one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the animated series came to an end. There, there, you are able to to end a specific take on a character without, you know, nobody making a, a another Batman game. I would hope that there is not another Arkham-style Batman game because I feel like it was perfected in Arkham Knight. Will there be another Arkham-style Batman game? Man, I hope not, but wow, I think... 
Yes, <laughs> probably. You know. Uh, well, you also mentioned uh, on on Twitter that uh, there's a lot of actually a, a lot of Superman illusions. Right. I don't believe Rocksteady will make another Batman game. I just I think that somebody might make a Batman game in this style. What about a Superman game? Uh, if Rocksteady makes a Superman game, I am on board. We're gonna take a quick break here in the middle of the show, uh, but we will be right back with uh, some Twitter questions about Batman: Arkham Knight. Would you classify yourself as a geek, gamer, or pop culture nerd? You're listening to a review podcast about a Batman game, so let me answer that for you. Yes, you do. The, the, I want to tell you about Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a subscription box just for you. For less than 20 bucks a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to LootCrate.com control and enter the code control to save $3 on any new subscription. Now, every month, there's a different theme, and you're guaranteed $40 or more worth of items all curated around that theme. They're all inspired by classic movie and video game releases, as well as pulling from pop culture franchises. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, and so much more. This month, Loot Crate invites you to join the Cyber Revolution with an assortment of cool tech-themed collectibles from a wide array of awesome franchises. They're featuring exclusive items from Terminator, Genesis, Borderlands, to and more, including an exclusive t-shirt you won't find anywhere else. Basically, Loot Crate is like a friend who knows what you love and surprises you with awesome presents every month. Did we mention they shipped to over 13 countries too? We did not, so let's do that. They shipped to over 13 countries. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate when the cutoff happens. That's it. It's over. So go to LootCrate.com control and enter code control to save $3 on your new subscription today. And now back to the Batman. I got some Twitter questions for you, Justin. I'm ready. Hot, hot off the presses. I'm braced. Uh, this one says, you're an idiot. You don't know anything about reviewing games and you should quit. Sincerely, Griffin McElroy. Sincerely, me. Uh, uh, this one says, hey, guys, can you wrap up loose ends and play through side missions once the story is over? And that's from Justin Hatton. So once you beat the game, uh, Batman talks about activating something called the Nightfall Protocol. Uh, and you don't have any idea what that is, uh, and you can only do that if you finish, I would say around 85%, that's where I was at about 85 or 88% of the of the side stuff. Um, you have to complete a certain number of the side missions to complete, uh, like, fully. Um, the, uh, if you do 100% of the things, there is a longer extended version of that Nightfall Protocol sequence that you can see. I got the first one um, because the 100% requires you to find all of the Riddler trophies. How many are we talking? 234. Okay, but that's less than like, I feel like... It's less than five. I mean, it's less than 500. It's less than 600. You're joking, but I like it was either City or Origins that had like 400 or something I mean, if if I had all the free time in the world, maybe it's not going to happen for a review. Uh, I'm sure someone will post that that nightfall ending, uh, but that 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 is the situation. Once you and you what you can see all this stuff. Once you complete the game, you can activate the nightfall protocol. Once you've done enough side stuff, and then you can go back and do 100 percent if you want to. There's a, it, there's it is also not a new, out. there's a new game plus option too, which yes. is actually yes, you discreet. Can do that. It's separate from your regular game option, right. which is kind of cool. It doesn't force you to totally start from scratch with all this yes. stuff. Um, Another question here. Does the quality of the game offset the ridiculousness over its pre-order content? Is it better to wait for a goatee or a goatier? And that's from Mark Brown. I mean, let me address the second part of your question. If you want to do that, like, it will cost less. I mean, that seems pretty binary. I assume that there will be one of those, and I'm assuming it will be what you are hoping for. So, like, if you want to do that, I'm, I'm not your dad. So, if you want to do that, go nuts. 
uh, I think that it feels like a completely. If you look at something like when they split the Catwoman content in in right, uh, the was it City or or I think it was City one. Yeah, when uh, where they split that bit of the campaign off, it felt like there was something missing if you didn't have that pre-order DLC. Uh, in this, I will say it feels like a completely fully formed campaign where I can totally see the hooks for where they could add something additional and cool uh, at some point. And I'm like on board. I was pretty up in arms about the, I thought it was like sort of outrageous. They were asking $40 for, and I still think asking people to pay money up front for what they don't know that they're getting. Like I wouldn't, I'm not going to do that. I I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I would probably, unless the cost benefit analysis is insane, you know, do it a la carte. Uh, But I could totally see where some of this stuff would be, the, some of the stuff that I'm hoping that they do in in the next uh, in the DLC um, will be totally worth uh, picking up. I don't know if it's worth forty dollars. I, I don't know what forty dollars is worth to you, but uh, I, I'm I am a lot more excited uh, and optimistic about that content now that I finished the game. Um, so uh, here's another one. Some reviews claim the Batmobile feels more like a burden in the first half. Is it only fun once upgraded? That's from Yair Donan. And I, I want to extend that to Batman himself, right? Like that's, that is the Metroid trope of you just unlocked all of this shit in the last game. Now it's the next game and you lose all that stuff and you're weak again. Like how do they handle that? Uh, and also is the is the Batmobile kind of lame until you juice it with NOS? So Batman himself actually doesn't um he he starts the game with a lot of gadgets. If I'm remembering correctly, he starts with the Batarang, the remote control Batarang. Batarang, the Batarang, the remote control Batarang, the uh line launcher. the gadgets. They're from the previous games, like the line launcher. He starts with a lot of of that stuff already uh in tow. So you're not like starting from square one as far as that stuff goes. Um, I mean, it's in there if you want to use it. I honestly didn't use the remote control battering at all, but like you certainly have that option should you should you wish to. Um, but no, he feels like Batman, I mean, from the start, and it does a good job of, of amping up the difficulty, you know, as you get more tools. Um, the Batmobile itself, I was frustrated a little bit by the, the tank. Uh, you Basically, you pull a trigger and you turn into a hover tank. Um, that's a lot slower, but obviously is a lot more. Um, it's a lot more maneuverable, uh, and I I found those sections pretty difficult uh, at first because I didn't have you know a lot of armor upgrades and weapon upgrades and stuff like that. But it I I still think it it if you're ha- if people were really really frustrated about it, they might have been trying to do a side mission. All the side missions are ranked in difficulty. They might have been trying to do a side mission with the tank that um, they they maybe weren't ready for. Uh, I didn't find it especially frustrating, but though uh, it did not grab me immediately in the same way that all the the other mechanics did. Uh, and also, pro tip for me, from McElroy, pro tip: uh, when you're driving, the button that uh, for the history of mankind has exclusively been reserved for braking uh, now turns you into a tank. So that's fun when you're trying to do a tight, tight Tokyo drift. <laughs> and instead of doing a tight Tokyo drift, you become a tank and you hit a wall. And you you kill a person by what I will say is that in terms of like when you're in the just driving mode, the speed is fully maxed from the beginning. The handling is fully maxed from the beginning. There's nothing. The only thing that you upgrade is the um, you get afterburners, where like a boost basically that you upgrade the amount of that you have. But you are fully fast maneuverable from the start. Uh, Cameron Sui asks, Bat Gentleman question for y'all. Is this a good entry point for a newcomer or should one pick up Asylum or City first? 
I personally think Asylum and City are both great games, and I think that there is enough of a through line for those that you are definitely going to get more out of Night if you have played Asylum and City. It is a it is a coherent trilogy of games that uh, that that I think you'll you'll get more out of Arkham Knight if you play the first two. Um, um, follow, quick follow-up question, because we had a lot of people ask about Batman Burnout, whether you felt burnt out while you were going into Arkham Knight, or if they went back and played uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, either for the first time, or to sort of refresh, jog their memory, uh, whether they would feel burnt out when they started playing Knight. Did you did you I, experience that? I mean, if you played the first two Batman games back-to-back and then immediately started Knight, I imagine it, you, you may be feeling some burnout. Um, I can't imagine a game franchise where that is not the case, or movie, or book, or whatever. Pokemon. Pokemon, okay, fine. Yokai Watch. Oh, yeah, that's not out. Uh, but, uh, you know, pr- so probably, now you're just checking Twitter. Like, you're really... I'm looking for other questions. They're really a bad co-host. Um, the, so, I mean, yeah, you might feel a little bit of burnout. That may not be the best best way to ingest the, uh, the, the Batman Arkham Knight experience. But I actually did feel some burnout going into this game because I uh, was not so crazy about Origins. I didn't know I needed another Batman game. Um, but uh, Rocksteady had other plans for me in my heart. Speaking of burnout, when you're driving the Batmobile, you can do like a side dash thing to make other enemies in other cars crash, and it goes into a slow motion crash cam, and that's some tight burnout ass shit, and I was really into it. <laughs> Great critical feedback from Griffin. I, listen, we've been, we've, we're burning the midnight oil. This is it for the episode. Justin, you want to take us out? You, you, this is more your area of expertise than mine. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us here on Quality Control. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, your time and your consideration. We hope you like the show. Uh, we got a lot of stuff, a lot of E3-centric stuff in this Batman review, all on Polygon.com, so you can go check that out. Um, and uh, thanks again to, to Loot Crate and Midroll for sponsoring the show. And uh, until the next time we got a game to talk about, for Griffin McElroy, I'm Justin McElroy, and thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Quality Control.